Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mamacitas, welcome back to a brand new episode of Tere Tells All. I'm so happy to have you here today. Um, you know, I am thankful that I have more time in between episodes to, you know, edit and get these out to you guys. But I do miss, like, talking to you guys every Tuesday or, and telling you about my weekend. I feel like I don't get to do that as often and... It's a little, it's a bummer, but I'm glad that you're here today. Since the last episode aired, I have honestly just been really busy with work. Right now in the world of education, we are trying to pretty much catch up on the last year and a half, two years worth of school because our kids have, you know, been in school through a pandemic for the past two years. And so we have all of these gaps in our students and We've just been working so hard at filling those gaps and honestly, it's been so exhausting and draining, not just for the teachers and all the educators, but for the students themselves. And I feel for every single student right now, just because it's so much and it's beyond what I or any teacher can control because these decisions are being made higher up, you know, and, you know, we just get the short end of the stick and told do this and we don't really have a choice so any of my teachers who are listening I feel you I empathize with you hang in there we're all in this together we're all struggling we're on the same boat and if you're not a teacher but you you know you have a child in public education right now then you know feel for your babies and listen to your babies and understand that right now it's just it's a crazy time in education but anyway, switching gears, um, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. It really does help the podcast grow. As you know, this is just my little baby. It's my passion project. I make no money from this podcast. Um, however, if you would like to support me, then you know that you can go to my Instagram. You can go to my Instagram bio, and there you will see all of the companies that I am partnered with. Mainly, the main ones are Buff Bunny Collection. My support code is Teresa. Um, Iron Flask with my code Teresa10, which saves you 10% on any new Iron Flask. And then, of course, One Up Nutrition, and my code Teresa saves you 20% on all of your supplements. And if you want to learn more about any of those companies, please, please, please go follow me on Instagram, go where I talk about it, I show you everything that you need to know about these companies. And honestly, all of these companies I love dearly. I don't partner with companies who I don't believe in their product, who don't I don't personally use. And all of these companies I adore and not just like the product themselves, but the people behind the companies. So thank you so much for your support. It really does mean the world to me.
Today's show is a fantastic chat with one of my Instagram friends. We're going to talk about all things weight loss, um, maintenance, uh, weight watchers, and just a whole bunch of other stuff like diet culture, things that we are both very, very passionate about. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, guys, today on the show, I have a badass woman joining me. She's gone through a weight loss transformation of her own and shares her story online. She's also the host of the Wellness for Real podcast, Mar Slim. Hi. Hey, girl. I was going to say, should we say, sup, bitches? <laughs> <laughs> Morning, bitches. How you guys doing? So just How to you clarify, doing? your real name is not Marslena. That's no, just it's your Instagram Marlena. name. <laughs> yes, Marlena. Marlena. Yes. So I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, Thank you. I'm so excited to be on. I've never been on someone else's podcast. So which is crazy to me because knowing that you have your own podcast. Yeah, I've been asked to be on podcast. other podcast. I, I've been asked to be on other podcasts, but none that were like think like podcasts I actually listened to or people I knew. I just, I don't know. I like to do stuff in a very genuine way. So when you asked me, I was like, hell yeah, come on your show because I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, I like yours too, and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on because I feel like you and I have have kind of like the same mentality when it comes to like weight loss and maintenance and and body overall. So yeah, I figured we could get into a really good conversation about that. Yes, I'm ready. Yeah. So why don't we start with your background, your story? Let's go ahead and get to know you first. Um, Tell us about you. Yeah. So my name is Marlena. Um, Like that is said, I documented my weight loss on Instagram. Um, but for me, like my wellness journey really started a long time before that. Um, so I grew up, um, like a lot of, um, BIPOC folk, um, I'm Puerto Rican. So I grew up in a very cultural setting with a very big family. And, um, when you have lots of people, especially culturally, um, there's lots of, added stuff right so I grew up with just a lot of trauma which a lot of it actually didn't realize until later in life was actually trauma Um, but for me how I dealt with my trauma was uh, it really showed up as a, a eating disorders and body image issues for me so I really struggled with binge eating most of my life um and I always knew that I had like a problem, but I never really understood what to do about it. Um, so I got to a point where I just, I was just so tired of just being unhealthy. Like I always had this like feeling inside of me, like I was an athlete, like I always wanted to go do stuff and always wanted to be active, but it was just really difficult not only in the body I was in, but just because I was just so out of shape. Like I was so sedentary most of my life, um, which also had a lot to do with my depression as well. Um, so I just got to this point where I was like, I'm so tired of living this life. Like I just turned 30 and I'm like, if I keep going down this road, like I'm not going to hit very many milestone birthdays like this. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I decided to get a dog. (laughs) I got a puppy. Um, and I really just started walking with him, um, made a commitment 
because you have to you have to exercise your dogs if you want a well-behaved dog, right? So right. it was like a really good incentive for me. Um, so I just started walking with him. And then from there, I, I like really started to feel so empowered, even just from taking one lap around the block. Like it just was like, wow, I can actually do this. Um, and just kind of added on to that. And then, um, that really started to help me kind of build my confidence. I started going to therapy, um, and just started making just overall better choices for my health, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really just started to feel so great. Um, I hadn't lost any weight though, because I still had that like food aspect. Like I hadn't really dealt with my food issues. Um, so when I started to deal with that and really, um, started to heal, um, and from there, like my binge eating really, I mean, it got, it went away for me, uh, with a lot of work. <laughs> I don't want it to sound like it was something that just kind of happened overnight. It was a lot of work. Um, but once I had that under wraps, I was like, okay, now I'm going to start an intentional weight loss journey. Um, and yeah. And from there, I actually ended up finding Felicia who you had on your show on Instagram and discovered Weight Watchers and that whole, uh, program and, uh, lost 70 pounds pretty quickly. Um, I think like over six to eight months ish. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I had a lot of drive at that point, I think because I had really worked on a lot of the route first. Yeah. Um, yeah. And since then I've been maintaining for almost three years now, and I've fallen in love with weightlifting and just being active in general, which is like a total 180 from who I was before. Um, yeah. And then from there, I started my podcast wellness for real, where we share other people's stories, kind of like you do. Um, and we talk about all aspects of wellness. So we talk about everything from, mm -hmm. you know, the, the stuff we were just talking about, but also money and sex and relationships and all the good stuff. So yeah, yeah that's where I'm at now. Yeah, no, our podcast, our podcasts are pretty similar. So if you like my show, you're going to love her show too. Cause we like same thing, dating, sex, weight loss, yes. family history, trauma, depression, everything. We talk about it. it all. Yeah. No topic <laughs> left untouched. Um, yeah. I want to go back to a couple of things that you said. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you mentioned is that you were tired basically of the life that you were living. And yeah. I get that question so much like how do I get motivated to start or basically it's always about the word motivation <laughs> and every time I see the word motivation I just want to like grab the person through my phone screen and shake them by the shoulders and tell them there is nothing that you or I can say that's going to motivate someone to truly truly make a change like yeah. you just have to be tired of your own bullshit yeah. and just dive in and I think yeah. like you said that's how it was for you and honestly like that's how it was for me too I was and I've said this before like I was tired of being overweight I was tired of feeling bad for myself I was tired not being able to be a good mom or a good teacher and um so I'm glad that you said that because yeah like <laughs> there's no motivation you just have to yeah. do it yeah literally and that's that's we get this like false idea that we need this motivation, like this, I don't like, what does that even mean motivation? You know, it's like, you know, and I spent most of my life thinking that too. Right. Cause like, especially as a younger girl, um, you know, we see these like weight loss commercials and these infomercials and like weight loss is so this, like it's sold to us as this like 
idea that we can do it quickly and it can be this, it's just like this, Oh, take this pill. And it's like a quick fix, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but when I realized it was like, okay, only I'm in control of my health. (laughs) And I really just started taking baby steps. Like I said, like it really just started with one lap around the block for me. Like that's literally how it started. Um, but that created a lot of motivation because it like helped me build my confidence. And I was like, oh, wow, I can actually do this. You know, yeah. I can actually, cause that walking eventually turned into jogging, you know, and that eventually turned into running and that eventually turned into me getting a gym membership. You know, it was like these little steps, uh, but motivation plays a very small role in all of it. <laughs> It does. And then, so like we talk about motivation too, in the education setting, like with our students, um, you know, how to get kids motivated to, to do their work, to study, to pay attention in class. And a lot of times, you know, we tell teachers that you can't motivate a kid, but you can get them started. And as they start seeing progress, they will motivate themselves, but that also, you know, like it transfers over to weight loss and lifestyle and wellness. Like with you, you set your foundation, you started with your walks with your dog and you seeing and feeling those changes motivated you to keep going. So same with like anybody else, you just, you just have to start whether you have the motivation or not the motivation will come. It'll go. It's like a freaking roller coaster. One day you're going to wake <laughs> up and you're going to be like, I'm going to go on a run. And then the next yeah. day you just want to sleep in. Right. Oh, so, absolutely. And I still have those days. Right. I like, and I, <laughs> yeah. And I still have weeks sometimes where I like just really struggle, you know, but it's just, that's life. It is. It is. You know, I mentioned that also on uh, recently on my Instagram that I just took a break from more my my morning cardio because I was just so like overworked. I was so tired and I was not motivated. So you also have to learn how to listen to your body. And like, I knew like, Hey, okay. I know I can't do this. If I force myself to do this, I'm going to hurt myself. (laughs) Right. right? Or I'm going to go off the deep end and I'm just not going to do shit for like a (laughs) long time. So let me take a little break. Let me reset and then come back into it with like a fresh perspective. So, I mean, you know, like you said, I still have those days too, when I just, you know, I don't feel like it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's for like, and I still struggle with depression, right? I still struggle with my past trauma. Like those things don't just go away. Um, And especially recently, I've been going through this like really weird season in my life where I'm, there's so many amazing things happening in my life, but also like all my deep rooted shit has really been like getting stirred up and, um, you know, it's really been challenging me um, to really like see that the habits that I've created are really like solidified um, Mm -hmm. in my life, but I still have to really make that intentional effort every single day. Um, to do things that benefit my health. Yeah. You said it right there. Intentional effort for sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) The other thing that you mentioned is working, working through your trauma in therapy. And that is something that I did too. Um, I wouldn't say I had trauma per se. I think mine was more like confidence and uh, body image, like that kind of, that kind of stuff. Um, But I saw a bigger change in myself and in my mentality 
when I worked on that more than when I worked on just like, you know, my outer appearance, like, cause yes. you can see, you can see the weight loss and people see the weight loss yeah. and people compliment you for the weight loss, mm-hmm. but you can still be miserable inside and people don't yep. see that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that happens really often. And I think that that's why we see so many people lose large amounts of weight fall into these really depressive states. And especially if you're talking about social media, then they just disappear. Right. And then they come back and they've gained all their weight back, which is a side effect, right. Of, of the, the root of the issue. And that's what we talk about all the time on our podcast is like, the food is not the problem, (laughs) right? Like the exercise is not the problem. Like if you're not getting to the root of those issues. Um, and for some people, actually a lot of people, like we, we, we do have traumas that especially culturally have been normalized, um, or, or things happen to us that we bury. Like recently I've had some traumas surface in my life that I didn't even remember. Um, but other situations triggered, uh, those memories. Right. So like more complicated beings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I also think it's, you know, with going through therapy, you're being, you're able to self-reflect and be more self-aware yes. so that one, you don't continue those patterns in your own life, but then you also don't carry those patterns on into other people's lives. So like, yes. for example, you have your nephew, right? Who lives with you? Yes. Yes. So my, uh, my nephew, well, he's 18 now, um, but he moved in with us right before he turned 17. He was about 16 and a half when he moved in with us, which uh, for two adults, we don't have any children. Mm. Uh, We struggle. We actually struggle with fertility. So for us to be thrown into like the most difficult part of (laughs) in a pandemic, (laughs) um, that was really challenging, but it's honestly been the best thing that's ever happened to us. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he essentially that's his family. Now you're his family. So yeah, even, even though he's 17 and he's much older now, a lot of the things that he's going to be seeing and experiencing in your household will contribute to his life later on. Right. Oh, absolutely. And he's actually had a, um, his story is his story to tell. So I don't want to talk yeah, 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 no. <laughs> too much about his story. I but, get that. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, and I'm very overprotective, which I, I'm sure you know um, how that feels. But um, when he moved in with us, he already had a lot of trauma. He moved in with us under very traumatic circumstances that were 100% out of his control. As much as he loves us, him moving in with us was not his choice. It wasn't anything that he um, had any say in. So, um, when he did move in with us, it was really important that we, um, showed him a very just safe environment and where people communicated in a healthy way. Um, because that's something I know, even for me growing up in a, in a household where nobody communicated in a healthy way, right. It was a very, a traditional Puerto Rican household where everybody yells at each other and then, yeah. And then just moves on like nothing happened, you know? Um, and we really wanted to show him that like, cause my husband and I have a very open line of communication and we're not perfect by any means, but, um, we try to keep just a very transparent household. And for him, it was like a shock. He was like, wait, you (laughs) want me to tell you how I feel? Like, that's okay. Like, you're not going to be mad at me. Um, so it's taken a lot of time. It's been 
two and a half years now. Um, but I have learned so much and, and even still, um, sometimes I find myself reverting to those behaviors that were shown to me or reacting to things that I shouldn't react to, or being mad at him for something I shouldn't be upset with him about. Um, so yeah, it's been very, eye-opening for me, um, put being put into a caretaker role. Um, but that is something that I really try to do with him is communicate when I am sorry, if I communicated in a negative way, or I reverted back to those, you know, toxic type of ways of communicating. Um, and it's crazy. I mean, even just the other day, I was having a very bad mental health day. Um, and took a little bit of it out on him, not intentionally, but just like he frustrated me and I snapped. And then I apologized to him later that day. And he was like, full, like, it was like an adult had never apologized to him before. Um, you know, which I think, especially in, you know, Latin culture, it's like, no, like the grownups yeah. are the top tier. Like you don't talk back. You don't ask questions. Even now as a full grown ass adult, challenging my aunts or uncles or my parents is like, like, you don't do that. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So for him, he was like, thank you for a pot. Like he was just so floored by that. And I was like, wow, like that's something, um, that I wish I had gotten more of, you know, growing up. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I definitely have learned a lot about myself, um, and just trying not to continue those like uh, trauma yeah, like generational norms yeah. and things. Yeah, no, I totally yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you said, you have you know trouble with your like now that you're an adult, even with like relatives, and um, oh, yeah. I don't really, I don't really struggle with that so much anymore. Now I'm pretty like open, but my mom struggles with it when she sees me do it. Yeah, she'll be like, "That's your aunt. Respect your aunt." And I'm yes. like, "What the fuck? Like, if yeah. they're wrong, I want to call them out, mom." And then yes. I'm like, mom, do you, do you want me to leave? Cause I'll, I'll leave, like, <laughs> you know? And so it's funny, but I'll even call my mom out on stuff too. Um, so I, I have uh, four siblings. I have two brothers, two sisters, you know, and my mom always did the thing where she would like serve my brothers, you know, but the girls clean, like all the traditional yes. Hispanic stuff. And yes. uh, not so much anymore because we started to call her out on it. <laughs> And at first she would get mad at us. She would get so yeah. mad at us or she would just be like, you know, like, what, what are people going to think? And yep. now it's just like, who gives a fuck? Like, you know, like <laughs> mom, no, like if it, if it's not serving us or if it's, if it's just, like, we need to move on from these norms that honestly are, are lead to trauma and we need to break them. Yes. So, and you're doing that with your nephew, even though he's only been with you for a short period of time, you're modeling these things, just like how to apologize, things like yeah. that, that are going to help him carry those things on in his life later on. Yeah, definitely. And he's been in therapy since the day he moved in with us. He's like the most I'm like, you take better care of your mental health than most adults. I know like, you know, he's just, he's such a great kid and we're just so lucky to have him living with us. Um, but you mentioned like your mom, my mom's the same way. Like my mom was a very old school. And, um, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, I'm, I'm like, I I need to be able to have like an open, honest relationship with my parents. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's been really difficult, um, to kind of navigate, but I, I'm, 
I feel you on all the mom stuff for yeah. sure. Cause my mom is definitely trying and I, I love her and she's, you know, doing her best to um, break those generational, like the shit that was passed on to her, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it can be, it can be a lot sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in conclusion, therapy is good. Go to therapy. <laughs> yes, please. Everybody. I mean, I'm still in therapy. I mean, our whole house is in therapy. Everybody can benefit from it. Even if you don't feel, feel like you've had trauma and there are people, I think there are people in this world that haven't experienced trauma. I don't know well, any, but <laughs> I don't know any, but, um, you know, therapy just really helps you see things from a different neutral perspective and just really helps you work through just even the day-to-day shit, right? Yeah. Cause that stuff affects you. So mm-hmm. yes, go to therapy if you have it. And people who said they don't, they tried it and they didn't like it. Try it, try somebody else. Yeah. Cause they try a different person because you yeah. have to find the right fit for you. Yes. It's like yeah. finding a spouse or any type of relationship you're going to have, right? Your friendships, um, romantic relationships. Like you have to have a, con- some type of connection with that person and feel understood by that person. Yeah. So yeah, my shop first- around, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> my first therapist, um, the reason why I chose her when I was doing my research and I have a whole other episode coming up where we're going to talk about how to like find your therapist, how to seek therapy and all that stuff. Yes. Um, that's coming up. Actually, I think it's the one the next week after this one. Um, but I was going to say, oh yeah, when I was looking for my therapist, the reason I picked the one that I went with was because she was a female. So she was a woman. Um, she was around my same age. So being a millennial, you know, we're a special group. And I felt that if I went like too old, she yeah. wouldn't understand what I was going through. And then if she was too young, I was like, oh, I don't know if they can handle all my trauma, right? Or my, all my right. shit. So yeah. okay, if, if she's within my age group, she's a woman. And then um, I also like in her bio, it said that she was a, a mom. So I was like, yes, yeah, so she's going to understand like all my mom stuff. And that's really how I made my choice. And then from the first day I met her, Listen, I went into that first therapy session. I I told myself, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. And then she (laughs) says, so what are you in here for? And then here come the waterworks. And I literally (laughs) cried for like the entire hour and a half because my first session was a whole hour and a half. Um, And yeah, I cried through the whole thing. She, I went through like half her box of Kleenex, um, but it just felt so good to talk to someone who's not going to judge you, who, who can help you navigate you know, your insecurities and help you see, like you said, see things from a different perspective. And that's why, you know, yes, you need to shop around for your therapist. Um, but anybody can benefit from it. So I'm glad that you shared that your experience with them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the different type, I mean, like I've had different therapists for different seasons of my life too. Right. So like Mm -hmm. before I started my weight loss journey, um, the therapist I was seeing specialized in eating disorders, you know, mm-hmm. because I knew I needed help with my food stuff. Right. And not, it's just like any doctor, they don't all specialize in everything. Right. So mm-hmm. if you have a very specific issue or uh, type of trauma or, you know, something very specific that you're looking for, find someone who specializes in that. Cause that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Did your, like, obviously your spouse probably knew that you were going to therapy, but did your family know right away? Or did you kind of hide that for a while? Um, 
you know, I I'm so this might be because of my depression and my trauma, but like, I'm a very isolate, like, I really like to isolate myself, especially when I'm healing Mm -hmm. or when I'm like doing stuff. So I don't think I intentionally hit it from anybody, but I just, I don't know. I go, you also didn't announce it. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't like on Facebook, like in therapy now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I was just wondering because, you know, we talked about that, that cultural, aspect of it. Yeah. When I, when I started going, I, I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell my family for like until about a year later, I think. Yeah. 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 They can, there can definitely be some weirdness around it. Um, especially with the older crowd. Um, and then I, I don't know if I'm sure you probably get this in your family too, but like with the, with the older people, they really take things personal. Like they think it's like about them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I, I get why you would keep that to yourself for sure. Yeah. I just wasn't sure how my, I don't think my dad would say anything. My dad, my dad's a grunter. My dad doesn't (laughs) really talk a lot. He'll just, you know, he'll like mumble and grunt. So I knew that I wouldn't get much from him. It was my mom. My mom is, she's not judgy, but she always thinks about how people are going to see, see us, right? Like my mom's very about image. Um, and so that's the only reason I kept it from her. And honestly, I think I told my siblings before I told my parents and my siblings were like, all right, cool, cool story. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't such a big deal, but I mean, now, now I'm telling everybody like, go to therapy. I went to therapy. It was so good. Go to therapy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's, uh, let's talk about Weight Watchers. Cause you said you did Weight Watchers and, you. uh, you know, I've asked several people about their Weight Watchers experience and I've gotten mixed <laughs> reviews and yeah. obviously like that's going to be the same thing with with anything whether you do like yeah. keto or a paleo diet whatever why don't yeah. you tell us about your experience with Weight Watchers yeah so um I think Weight Watchers well okay this was my experience my experience was pretty good but I think again that's because I really worked on the mental health piece first. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge piece that they're trying to incorporate, but like, not really, they do it in a very surface way, but you know, with anything like this, Weight Watchers is a massive corporation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what I didn't like about the program really was just like the, like once people are in it, it's like, you're expected to be in it for life. <laughs> Um, and it just, it's very like culty vibes. (laughs) Um, so the program itself, I think is fantastic, especially if you have a lot of weight to lose, you don't know anything about nutrition. You don't know anything about counting calories because they simplify everything. It's every piece of food you eat has a numeric value and you get a set number of points for the day. And that's it. Like, it's just very simple. So for where Mm -hmm. I was, it worked fantastic for me. Um, But another huge piece that they're missing is their maintenance program. So they base your goal, quote unquote, goal weight um, on the BMI chart, which again is another huge issue. I have a big issue with that damn BMI chart. That's why people ask me, what's your BMI? I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Like BMI is the stupidest, most outdated, most racist, uh, measure (laughs) of health literally was, was, uh, never even intended to be used for health. So to, to measure health, right. It was just a study that was done on white men 
women weren't even included in this yeah. study. And now it is the base guideline for quote unquote health mm-hmm. and it's complete mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, just like <laughs> everybody else, <laughs> Weight Watchers uses the BMI chart. So that's like your goal weight, right? I'm five, two. I'm like you, I'm short as hell. Uh, and my go- quote unquote goal weight, I think was like 140. I think yours was better than mine. I was told like 123 and I laughed. Yeah. It's like, it's a range, right? Well, see, I'm like five, two and a half. So when it comes to like my weight, I'm I'm five, three. Right. But then when it comes to just like, how tall are you? I'm five, two. So I think five, three, the BMI chart is like 140 is like the top. It's the top, Mm, the quote unquote healthy weight. Right. Yeah. Um, so Weight Watchers does allow you to get like a doctor's note. Um, and at this time, the doctor that I was seeing said 150. Okay. 150 is a good, healthy, manageable weight for you. Um, so I did hit that weight. Um, and so what I had to do to get there was not sustainable at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized pretty quickly. So like with Weight Watchers, if you <clears throat> want to be lifetime, right? So that's what happens once you hit your goal weight, you weigh in once a month. And your membership is free, essentially, as long as you weigh in within two pounds of your Mm. goal weight, which is ridiculous. I can literally gain 10 pounds from the start of the day and be down five pounds. (laughs) Exactly. Like (laughs) it's so stupid, but that's how they make their money. Right. So whatever they're a business, um, which I think a lot of people forget, um, in the program, it's a business. So that's how they make money. Um, but yeah, I, I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't sustainable for me. Um, and I went right back to the weight for me, which is 165 that I had been maintaining for months before I had like went for that goal weight. So their maintenance program essentially continues. it, It keeps you on a diet. Um, so that's a huge problem, but again, that's how they get people coming back. Um, so when I realized that I got, I went right back to 165 and that is where I've maintained before. And that's where I've maintained since that's where my body is good. That's mm-hmm. where I can live my life, yeah. um, and feel good and be healthy. Um, so that those are the, really the biggest issues with the Weight Watchers program. But I think if you go into it with the right mindset and understanding that their goal weight is probably going to be total bullshit for you. <laughs> um, and that, once you feel good, um, you know, you have to learn how to maintain, which is like a whole nother thing. And I, I don't know that any weight loss program is going to teach you how to properly do that because then they would never make money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my experience with Weight Watchers, um, among many other things, but that's kind of the gist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you touched exactly on what I wanted to talk about next, which is, yeah. uh, maintenance maintenance because yeah. That's something that I'm super passionate about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as many of my followers know, um, when I was at my smallest, and that's when everybody, you know, compliments you because you're at your smallest, oh. isn't necessarily your healthiest or your happiest, yes. right? And I am so much happier now be- with more weight on me. And I'm more confident. Same. Um, yeah. And I, and I see that from you too. And, and you post a lot about that. And I love that you post about that because I feel like in social media, you know, we have the people who are just starting and they post a lot about like just starting. And then we have like the super like bikini competitors and, and CrossFit <laughs> athletes, right? And there's not a lot of us in that maintenance midsize 
yeah. who are advocating and who are saying, hey, it's okay. You don't have to be teeny tiny to be yes. pretty or to be happy or to be healthy. Like yeah. there is this range, this middle range where you can be happy, healthy, active, balanced, and like your best self. Like, yeah, I woke up this morning and I had my, like, you know, my two eggs and turkey bacon that I always have. But if I wanted to have a beer tonight, I'm gonna have my damn beer tonight. Yeah, you know? I'm not so restricted. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, tell us about, about how, what maintaining is for you. What are some things that have helped you with that? Yeah. So, um, I think the biggest piece of maintenance again, was healing my relationship with food because I wouldn't be able to maintain had I not fixed my relationship with food, right. I'd probably either be binging again, or I'd be dieting nonstop, which neither one of those is a healthy option. Like dieting, I think has become like a bad word, but I don't think there's anything wrong with intentionally losing weight or, or intentionally dieting, but you have to understand that you cannot diet forever. It is not good for you. Right. Yeah. Um, so I so, think that's where the, cause I, and people talk a lot about diet culture and I have a love hate relationship with the term diet culture <laughs> because yeah. there there's dieting, there's extreme yes. dieting yes. and there's dieting that sometimes is necessary to reach a healthy point in your life. And just like you, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with dieting as long as you are doing it in a healthy manner for a healthy purpose. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and man, there's a lot of blurred lines in there, right? Like, and it's so nuanced, it's going to look different for everybody. So, you know, depending on your lifestyle and what your goals are. Um, but I know for me, like I said, I hit that low weight and I was like, okay, well I can't eat beer or I can't eat beer. I can't drink (laughs) beer. I can't eat pizza. You know, I couldn't eat pizza, you know, if I wanted to stay there, which it was like, and I felt the same way. I almost felt too thin for me, for my own body preference. Like it just didn't feel my best. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was like, as soon as I stopped dieting, my body so quickly went right back to 165. And it's like, that's, you, you mentioned like learning to listen to your body. Like you really have to learn how to trust your body, um, when you're going through a process like this. So knowing that that's where my body is good and comfortable and where I can be living a life that I enjoy, (laughs) I can go be social and I don't have to say no to everything. Um, and like, I mean, I I really like beer. That's probably (laughs) one of the main beer, you know, um, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to um, have a beer at the end of the day, you know? And and so, um, for maintenance, it really is like, I just wanted to just be living life, not obsessing about everything I put into my face, which I don't have to, because like I said, I already healed my relationship with foods. I don't have that weird, like, this is bad. This is good. Or, um, that like urge to like, overdo it, which if you struggle with binge eating, that's like, it's a very like out of control, like it's very extreme, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of those words and terms that gets thrown around a lot too, um, is binging. But, um, yeah. So for me in maintenance, it's just like, I don't know, like I don't weigh myself regularly. Um, I don't even have a scale in my bathroom anymore because it's just where I'm at because I just want this to be a forever mm-hmm. lifestyle. Right. So mm-hmm. like what, there was a period of time where I weighed myself daily, 
but then that became like this really weird, unhealthy obsession, you know? So it's like, I don't know. Maintenance is really just about navigating what wellness is going to look like for you, you know, Mm -hmm. and whatever season you're in. Cause I don't know, I may hit another season in my life where I want, I don't know where I try to intentionally lose weight again. I don't know. Yeah. But right now is not that season. Um, and I just, I feel really good at my body. And like you, you did mention too, like being women that are more in that midsize range, like society I feel like is constantly making us feel like we have to be our leanest, thinnest self. That's the, like, I don't know, beauty standard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I like having a little extra. <laughs> I, too. I honestly, I did too. I, I feel sexier. Yes. I feel same. like when I was at my, my same. lowest, I felt, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel womanly if that makes sense. I just yeah. felt very blah. And yeah. Yeah. The minute that I started gaining weight and I, like my hips were starting to get full again, I was like, this, yeah. this is where I feel comfortable. <laughs> this is where I feel happy. Um, you know, yeah, one of my, same. one of my things that I always say is like, um, size does not equal worth wellness is not just about weight loss. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's the, the mental healing aspect of it. It's the emotional totally. healing of it along with the physical healing of it. So yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I'm glad that you are on out in the world sharing about, you know, maintenance and, and maintaining weight loss and healing your whole self and just overall wellness. Um, because we do need more people talking about that and letting more people know that it's okay. You don't have to be one extreme or the other. This is, there's this beautiful little middle ground where we can all live happy and have our beer. Yes. Uh, one of my yeah. favorite things that I don't like- have to do anymore is schedule my damn cheat meals, you know? Cause yeah. that was when I started working out, like that was my thing. My coach would give me um, a cheat meal every two weeks. So every mm. other Sunday I could have a cheat meal. And so I would starve myself for that damn cheat meal. Um, and now that no, like now I think back on it, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I don't think I could ever do that now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that definitely can trigger like that disordered way of thinking yes. about food, right? Like you have to earn like a delicious meal. Like that makes no sense. And it's sad how normalized disordered eating is in the fitness and wellness realm. Um, but again, you know, you mentioned diet culture, but that is diet culture, right? That's that like idea. Like, I don't know all this weirdness we have around like food and exercise and it being this, like, I don't know, like our cheat meals. I I like cringe every time I hear someone (laughs) say cheat meal. Cause it's like, I don't know. I wish people understood the mental toll that that type of mindset takes on you over time and how it really is destroying your relationship with food. And that's why you'll never like those people you you don't see them having this happy balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I want to exclude bodybuilders from this. And the reason why I always exclude them from this because I look at bodybuilding as a sport. I think, you know, and and the majority of bodybuilders know that what they are doing is not sustainable. And a lot of them say that like, Hey, I'm doing this for a show. 
this yeah. is not sustainable. Like, yes. you know, and I love that bodybuilders make that disclaimer now because I think for a long time they didn't say that, mm-hmm. but now it's like more acceptable to say, Hey, this is extreme. You don't have to do this. Yes, um, totally. I actually started following, I think her name is Julia. She's oh, Julia body- Renee. Yes. 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 And I'm, I've never been like interested in bodybuilding or any of that, but I started following her because she's a buff, funny athlete. And um, she, I know she is that way. She's like, no, I won't share my routines. No, I won't share my food because what I'm doing is not, yeah. like, this isn't, this is for a sport. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's a great point. Right. So that I always like to exclude those people whenever I'm talking about weight loss and wellness. Cause yeah, that's, I see that as a sport, just like, you know, people like who do other sports like runners and swimmers, you know, they eat a certain way and they train a certain way to perform a certain way. So it's the same thing with them. Yeah, exactly. And I bet a lot of those people would tell you that they, I bet a lot of them have like a healthy relationship with food, right? Like they understand what they're doing is for their sport. Um, whereas like, just us regular ass people. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of them, like- they, a lot of them recognize when they start to lose sight of that, because I've seen a lot of posts from bodybuilders who say, okay, it's affecting my mental health. I'm going to stop, or I'm going to take a break, or I'm dropping out of the show. And yeah. I think that's also healthy that they show that side of it. Totally. That- Self-awareness is yes. Everything. Everything. It is. It is such an important piece. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, you know, that you, our lives are in seasons and I've mentioned that as well. Life is in seasons and that there might be a season in life where maybe you want to lose weight again. And that's kind of where I was at the beginning of this year. I was like, all right, I'm going to get in shape. I want to see some muscle definition. Let me get a coach. And, And I did. And I was kicking butt for like the first three months. And then after that, like, I don't know, like month four ish, that's when it started to affect my mental health. And that's when I started noticing that I was being super, super critical of myself, that I was being very, very restrictive with my food to the point where I felt like it was going to lead to some like emotional binge or unhealthy relationship with food. And I was like, nah, the same for me. Like, and you know, it was, it was a great, I went into it with great intentions, but because I am now more self-aware and able to reflect, I realized that that wasn't the best decision for me. And then I just, you know, I said, okay, it didn't work for me. I'm going to stop. And there's no shame in that either. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, let's see. One thing that I also love about yourself is that you're just unapologetically yourself. (laughs) Um, You just say whatever you want to say, you support whatever cause you want to support, you speak out and call people out for whatever needs to be called out. And you know, what's, you know, what's funny about that. You know, what's so funny about that when people say that, especially in, on Instagram is I'm like, there's so much I don't say. So, like, <laughs> so this is the filtered version of you. Yeah. So like y'all, are, y'all aren't even getting like the full on, you know, cause then I would just, I'd, I, I'm just like the type of person who, um, I, I've always been very much so an advocate, um, and speak up when things are wrong. That's just always been a part of who I am. Like on my podcast, I share um, a story about like, I think it was in second or third grade. I was going to Catholic school. Um, I went to Catholic schools for most of uh, grade school and middle school. 
And uh, it we're going to circle back to that in a minute. Yeah. But continue. <laughs> there are a lot of trauma there too. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was a very predominantly white Catholic school. Um, and I was one of very few um, brown children in that school. Yeah. And we got Christopher Columbus day off, but we didn't celebrate Martin Luther King day. And I was in like second grade and realized how wrong that was. And I was like, what, like, what is this? Like you have us coloring pilgrims. Like this is stupid. Um, so I actually started a petition for them to start celebrating Martin Luther King day and they do now get it off and celebrate it. So progress just always, it's just always been who I am. Um, and being unapologetically myself, more so in the last few years has just been, um, it's been so freeing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's really, it really has been. And what I've realized is people who like you, you'll, they'll find you, your tribe will find you and they will gravitate towards you. And people who don't like you will either obsess about you behind closed doors, or they'll just move on with their life. Hopefully they pick that, but, um, you know, it's like, you just, you can't spend, energy mm-hmm. caring what other people are going to think about you. Yeah. So, I mean, not that I don't completely care at all because that would just not be true. Right. Like I'm still a human, I'm still affected, yeah. but, um, yeah, I just try to really come into the space and just be really honest and open about who I am. And because I know that helps other people, you know, um, there's a lot of power in knowing that someone else is struggling with the same things you're struggling with or care about something that you didn't think anybody else cared about. Um, so yeah, I always just try to use my voice. It's just always been who I am. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I feel like, especially when you have a platform, like when you, 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 whether you've been given it or earned or whatever terminology you want to use here, when you have a platform, I think you also have somewhat of a responsibility to speak out on certain topics and I mean yeah like if if we see if we see wrong being done then we need to speak out about the wrong being done um and and voice that and help other people who probably don't have that platform to speak out about it I'm a big advocate in the education setting so you know like my 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 real job you know I work in education and um, I'm not afraid to speak out on things like that when I see, you know, biased teachers or I see, um, you know, just not to say discrimination, but just not, there's not enough inclusivity in things. I will yeah. be the first one to point it out. And, you know, being in Texas, sometimes these teachers don't like it when I say the things that I have to say. And a lot of times, like just a couple of weeks ago, I said something in a meeting and somebody went and complained to the administration about it. Like Teresa made me feel whatever. And I'm like, well, it feels kind of sucky to have a mirror point, like show, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes these are the people who aren't self-reflective, who are very selfish and self-absorbed and don't realize their privilege in life. And, and yeah, I think we need to voice that more often. So I'm with you on, you know, saying what needs to be said and being unapologetically yourself. Yes. Yes. It it can be a little, um, it's like, I always tell my husband, I'm like, it is the best and worst thing about me. Honestly, Like that's how I feel about myself. I'm like, it's such a great quality, but it is also, 
can be so hard. Um, it is hard because it's not just like on social media, right? Like I'm like, I'm, I'm who I am on social media in every aspect of my life. So like mm-hmm. with family, I'm very open and honest and, and, you know, say the things that other people don't want to say, um, you know, and in my relationships and just everywhere in my life. So sometimes it can be really hard. Same girl thing. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you get those, uh, DMs like I'm unfollowing? They have to announce you know what? their unfollow. <laughs> I, I really don't get those. Um, I've only had I, I don't it think once. I, yeah, I don't think I've ever really gotten. I mean, I'm sure I have, um, but I, I, don't, I really don't get those often. I think I've I've built my reputation in the Instagram realm that I people just excuse themselves. Like they don't even say <laughs> shit to me anymore. <laughs> like, they probably know that you're not going to give people, a shit if they leave. Yeah, exactly. I know. Um, I think the last time I really upset people on Instagram was the 4th of July. I just reminded people how not so great this country is for a lot of people. Um, and holy shit, I lost, I lost, I think like 500 followers and I have like under 10,000 at this point. So I don't have like a huge massive following like some people do you know um but it's just like you know I always like to point it out just in the sense that like for everybody else to notice like look at how fucking fragile these people are sorry can I drop the f-bomb I've been doing it this whole time oh okay (laughs) (laughs) you know look how fucking fragile uh the people are in this space like this is why it is so important um specifically for white people to be having conversations with their other fellow white people about these things um so that y'all can like you know condition yourself a little bit better to to deal with reality that is outside of your own existence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. i actually the the one time that i said that i had someone announce their departure was fourth of july um (laughs) because i posted i reposted a post and it said like uh, freedom and justice for all. And it was like, the American flag, but it also had like the pride flag and the uh, trans flag. Like it had all of the flags, the Black Lives Matter flag, like all the yeah. flags. And somebody made it a point to go into my DMs. Like, I'm so disappointed. Unfollow. And I was like, Who are you disappointed in? Like, yeah. I don't even, okay, I'm sorry. I care about humanity. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> okay uh, yeah but no you're right like I and I've yeah. said this here before you know when we I talked to someone else um about just culture and diversity and I said you know I'm not perfect I, I will never claim to be perfect yes. I will never tell you that I'm perfect mm-hmm. so if I ever say some shit that it's like Teresa check yourself I want yeah. people to call me out so I can check myself educate myself and then you know yeah. Re-educate myself. So yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But not everybody's and, open to that. I think some people right. are just too, I don't even know what to say, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Caught up in their, their own. Um, I mean that when, when someone takes something like that as a personal attack, instead of just like stopping and reflecting and being like, okay, like this isn't just about me, right? This isn't just about my experience or my world because my world is not the world. And that, that goes for me too, right? And you, and I'm the same way, like hold me accountable. I love being held accountable and people who know me know that about me. So yeah, um, yeah I think it's important for us all to hold each other accountable um, when it comes to that kind of stuff. For sure. Um, so we're towards the end of the show today. 
what's what's in the future for you what's what do you have do you have any fun projects coming up or any anything you want to share yeah so uh just more wellness for real um working on the podcast we're weekly podcasts every single monday we have a new episode we now have a subscriber option so you can actually subscribe to bonus episodes um, and just turning wellness for real into a whole brand is, is the goal. Uh, we'd love to hold, host a retreat, hopefully next year. Um, we'll see how everything goes with the pandemic that we're still in. Um, yeah, it can be kind of tough to plan something like that. Um, we want everybody to stay safe and be healthy. So, um, hoping to do that next year. Um, I do also have a merch line. Um, Via the Slay Shack is my store. Um, you can oh, find I love us- that. <laughs> you can find- yeah, you can find me on Etsy and you can now find me on Amazon as well. Um, yeah, and besides that, just going to continue to slay my goals and um, yeah, just a lot of adulting stuff for yeah. me going on right now, buying a home, selling a home. Oh, bless your heart. All that, that fun, not a fun stuff. Pro- it's a fun process, but it's not a fun process. <laughs> it's not. Um, Actually, I, the leaving- fun comes after you've bought the home and you get yes. to decorate it. That's when yeah, the yeah, fun yeah. starts. Yeah, the fun the fun happens when like all the all the paperwork paperwork is done <laughs> and you're done signing your life away and all that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's exciting, and I look forward to supporting you and your podcast. You know, I adore Thank you, you. and. I- um, I mean, we've been trying, I've been trying to get you on here. You and I are both so crazy busy. <laughs> you are definitely way busier than I am. So I appreciate you making time for me. Oh, I appreciate uh, you being flexible show. and coming on. So yeah. Oh, yeah. So thank you for being on the show today. Yes. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.